This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I'm talking with a woman named Tara who's doing something pretty amazing right within her community. She's capturing stories across generations and sharing those experiences in a community environment so that people really get to know each other. It just blows my mind when I get in these conversations and I think, I don't know what I'm about to talk about. And as the story unfolds, it's like magic. What she's doing is bringing communities back together, sharing conversations, sharing life experiences, and building connections. I hope you enjoy hearing Tara's story as much as I do. Hi, Tara. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pretty excited for this conversation because I think you and I are lovers of a similar thing, which is people's stories, right? Absolutely. So let's begin by telling the listeners kind of how we met. Um, so as I started the podcast, I'm asking everybody I know if they know anyone who has an interesting story, like where they're really following their passion and doing something that like inspires other people. And my friend Missy, our, our mutual friend Missy yeah. from Appleton hooked us up and that's how it began. So um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do, what you've created, because I heard about it yesterday and I'm still kind of feeling all, oh, it's so cool like that. <laughs> so I'll let you do that. Absolutely. Um, so I've started, um, this is the hardest part is always kind of defining it um, fully. Uh, I would say that I started kind of a community uh, called Story Catchers and the reason that I call it a community um, as opposed to anything else is the focus of story catchers itself is of creating space to allow people, all people, um, to be able to tell and share and kind of honor their own stories. Um, so we do that in a couple different ways, which has been super fun. Um, I think my most like interface with the community so far are like monthly storytelling nights. Um, so if you're familiar with something like the moth or, you know, there are definite other amazing examples of that community storytelling, um, out there. But so members of the community get together and for two hours, we tell stories based on a loose theme of that month. Um, for instance, this last month we had what I wish they would have told me. Mm. Um, so, you know, we have range of experience, range of age, range of depth, you know, some are really funny and some are really heartbreaking, you know, all, all right. of the, the depth of all of it. Um, 
Well, what I love about that too, is that the way that you're doing that is you're getting cross-generational storytelling in that, in that um, venue, because I think that used to be part of the norm, the way that we operated um, around in families. We'd had that cross-generational conversation all the time and the way families are spread out now and the way lifestyles are, I think we're missing that really beautiful gift. We really are. I mean, and, and that's, um, you know, one of the aspects of all of this, um, that has been the most fun to foster is, you know, some people are, you know, they write by trade, so that's their storytelling, but other people, I have a son who's 10 and, um, one of the most, the best storytellers I've ever been around, even at 10 and orally. Like, so his stories just mm-hmm. come from him and they just bubble and they just crackle and they're everything you want a story to be. <laughs> and then you ask him to write it down for class and he has this huge, ah, like he right. can't, he, he can't do it, you know? And, and, and of course his mom being a writer, he feels this pressure of like, Oh my goodness. And I was like, Owen, no, that's, I can't get up and do what you do. You know, like Mm -hmm. that we all have different elements of, um, how we naturally tell our stories. So, you know, some people have them just written down on paper. Other people are, you know, you're that grandpa style that they just get up there and they're like, you know, well, back in my day and you know, you're in for a good story, you know? Um, so it definitely is that generational and that in, in just a bunch of people that would never, ever, ever, um, get together in a room, you know, that's, well, and that's that's the thing, like, even if we, even if we do have a family, a familial situation where we're passing stories along from generation to generation to hear them cross family or cross generational, like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like weaving a tapestry, you know what I mean? That, that can't be woven if we aren't in the place to hear those stories. Absolutely. So, uh, so outside of the, um, storytelling nights, then we have, um, the, the audio version too. So then we do kind of pop-up recording booths Mm -hmm. style. Um, and that's been really fun, um, as well. Um, what are those like, like, what are, how, how do you do these pop-up booths? Are they like, do you rent a space or how does that work? (laughs) Typically it's been awesome. I've, um, beg, borrowed and steal my space from, <laughs> from friends, which so is donations, the best way to do everything. Right. No, but, um, you know, my, my brother runs a music festival, so I'll, I'll have them pop up at a music festival. Another one of my friends runs a gallery space. So, um, I'll put them up there or even in conjunction with story catcher, like the live events, I'll, mm. I'll have them, you know, up and, um, because there's really awesome thing happens too. When we listen to stories, all of a sudden, we're, we're more willing, we're juiced up, you know, like where all of a sudden the stories come out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's where, you know, and, and I'll be very honest. I love, I love having a storytelling booth where, um, there's also access to alcohol because <laughs> <laughs> nothing helps a good story. So like kind of like feeling less history. encumbered. Yeah. Exactly. History, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll have to try um, that for the podcast. I haven't done yeah, that yet. So there's a, yeah. see, it's always something new, it a new way to do new. it. I'm going to write it that down. <laughs> so then, so, um, so when you do those pop-up uh, booths, how many yeah. people do you usually have come to something like that? Like, is it, you know, 10 or a hundred or what, what's the turnout you know, for that? It, it kind of varies. It all depends on 
what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and m- my favorite part about it is probably um, kids are like prime, right? Like they'll they'll come in because they haven't learned any of those you know, self-inhibiting things Mm -hmm. yet, right? So they're like, sure, of course I want to hear my own story, you know, like, or anything. Um, So a lot of times it comes in that way where even, like, parents will come in with their kids or something like that. And so, um, and then I find it's a a really also an awesome thing is the more people come in, the more people are willing to do it, you know? Like, so once you break the ice, people are like, okay, (laughs) That's, oh. that's so cool. I, and that's the thing about watching kids. You know, I was at a, um, a camp out thing for my son a couple of years ago and they did a campfire storytelling thing. And there was this one kid who, you know, he struggled in school. Like, uh, I know he just had a really hard time being, uh, getting his grades and, um, being focused in class, but okay. that kid could tell a campfire story for like an hour. And it was yeah. so fun to watch. I mean, it was all full of all this emphasis and movement. And, and, and I thought like, this is what I love to do with kids is celebrate that part of them because that thing that he has is going to be something great when he grows up, even if it doesn't fit into the box of what school is today. Absolutely. And that's, and I'm sure you find this even with your podcast too, for all guests, you know, it's that, that first like 30 seconds to a minute is Mm -hmm. that stilted, like, I am a robot. Like, this is really uncomfortable for me (laughs) to do this. And then, you know, like all of a sudden everybody it's okay. It's not as scary. We can do, you know, like, and then all of a sudden the story, like, so even from the moment someone walks in the booth to, you know, even if it's only three minutes when they walk out three minutes later, like it's a really, a, a really fun thing to watch even that evolution of, what they thought they had to tell right going into it to what they actually told they're like I don't know where that came from and I'm like see that's the magic and and like seeing their body language change absolutely you know as they go in they're being either tense or a little like you know that furrowed brow thing and then they walk out with their shoulders held back or or maybe the relief maybe they let a story out that they needed to give air to to let it out of their body and all of a sudden they just have that like sense of relief so yeah that would be really fun to watch it's super fun and I think one of my favorite ones was a uh, um, parents took their daughter in who's now reaching you know she's an adult legally, but you know, that young, young adulthood period, period of time. And so they told her, um, trips about this story that they took long before she was born. And, mm-hmm. you know, like just this meeting some guy in the desert and, and <laughs> like, you know, like it is just this, you know, like, and you hear her genuine reaction to the uh-huh. story. And those are my favorite too. When you get someone's genuine, like, mom, oh. I can't believe you did that. You oh, know, like, those right. are the best. It's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. I wonder that too. Like if my kids will listen to my podcast at some point and they'll hear me letting a few of those stories out along the way, Flip, and yeah. what the repercussions will be of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, I love this idea so much and I love what you're creating for your community. I'm wondering if you can, like, where did this come from? What led you to create this for everybody? I mean, for most people, obviously it's, it's always a long story, right? Like you got a lifetime lifetime of it. Um, But, you know, really, really ever since I was tiny, stories were always, you know, 
just this fascinating part. Um, growing up, my dad was a minister. And so even the connotations of that, like my whole life was surrounded and based on the ultimate story, right? You know, like, and, um, you know, as I grew up, I'm more introverted, although my close friends think that's hilarious, but, you know, <laughs> I, I require a lot of time by myself. And you know, like I think space. we're a lot alike. I'm the yes, people always exactly. think I'm extroverted because yeah, I don't talk like, to anybody, but I really need a super amount of time alone in my head. Exactly. Yes. No, that's what I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm like for every minute I'm not talking, like I'm never quiet. Like it's just in my head, you know? Mm, like So, right. um, but yeah, so stories were always kind of, you know, my thing. I remember, you know, sixth grade tearing through gone with the wind, you know, like, so I was, I was that girl that, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> like was like, you know, to her friends on the playground, like, Oh, and Atlanta was burning. And they're like, seriously, Tara, like, <laughs> stop. Like, we're just trying to play tag, like, you know, like, so, and funnily enough, that's where my name came from right. is actually gone. With it. Oh, really? Um, so I, I was, yeah, gonna, so I was I thinking that I'm glad you clarified. Yep. I was starting to yes. think like, did I have that name? Right. That's so right. I think I have that like predestined, you know, this in my genes. Um, mm-hmm. but you, so, you know, and writing as a child was something that I did and, you know, was very much encouraged of me. And then, you know, as life goes, you kind of, you know, you walk away from it, exploring everything else that there is, you know, to love about life. And, um, and so, you know, even into adulthood, um, I mean, it's certainly something I have mortifying journals from every period of my (laughs) life, which, you know, I I should be really sad at, but I'm like super glad I have them Mm because it's like meeting yourself over again, where you're like, Oh, hi, 19 year old Tara. Like, like, you're sweet. Like, that's I, not how life is going to go. <laughs> I always wanted to write journals and I would buy them and I would open them, yes. you know, so carefully. And I would write a few, you know, one or two postings in them and then, then they would sit there. I still have some of those. But the one thing I, when you speak of journals, here's something I was um, yeah. wanted to ask you about uh, your, yes. your philosophy on this, because yes. two women who I really admire have different philosophies on journals. So right. Oprah keeps all of them forever. She has all of her journals. Danielle Laporte, um, who I fire starter, you know, um, amazing woman who I am very inspired by as well. Um, She burns them because she said she wants to release that because she uses a journal to process her feelings and her thoughts. And when they're done, she wants to release them. So I, you know, I really pondered that, like which way, if I actually had journals, which I don't, but if I did, what would I do? What do you think? Uh, Sounds like you're a keeper. I'm a keeper. I just moved all of them actually from one place <laughs> to another place last night. And it was like, you know, but they're, they're parts of me, like, you know, right. one where I had it when I went to Paris with my husband on a, you know, kind of a whim trip. And, you know, like, and even though I didn't even write at that mm-hmm. time, cause I was, you know, naive enough to think like, Oh, I'll have time journal while I'm here in Paris right. for three days. Like, no, <laughs> um, but to me, there's something, um, you know, I, I believe in, you know, like having kind of those mementos, those mm-hmm. talesmen of, of, of your life. And to me, that's what journals are more or less for, for me personally, not for every person, but, um, where I'm, I'm mortified. I open them and I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I'm so glad Aww. that I have those because I am all of those people, you know, right. like, and, and I get to experience what it was like, um, to be those ages and, 
you know, so, so for me, that's something that, but I absolutely, it, you know, I, I agree on both sides of the stick. I also understand the needing to release that to become mm-hmm. the person you're supposed to be and are becoming. And I, I think that there's, there's value in that, but I'm always, I always, my whole life is errors on the side of sentimentality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a keeper. <laughs> well, I mean, I really, actually, I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on that because I think it is, it's a strong, it's a strong difference. There's very, you know, two very different yes. approaches to it. And part of me, I mean, I wish I had journals cause I'd like to go back and understand what I was thinking at certain times in my life. Yeah. You know, I, so part of me wishes I had that, but at the same time, I'm, um, I'm becoming quite the minimalist. Like I, my philosophy yes. is that um, I only want to keep things that I will take with me when I move to Italy, which that whittles down a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so it's, an, I'm, I really appreciate that perspective. Absolutely. So going on, as I interrupted your yeah. story of how oh, you became no. to create oh, yeah. story catchers. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, so I've had that. And, and so, you know, I, I got married kind of went into a very stumbled into a corporate world, uh-huh. which I had, I had no business being in. And <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing there, but it ended up my strengths work in that kind of setting. So it mm-hmm. all worked out for well, but, um, and then, you know, so going down those paths, um, and, and then I had kids and mm-hmm. I think, um, for every person, there's really defining things in their life. And I think that they either change you or remind you who you are, um, in pretty fundamental ways. Mm-hmm. And for me having kids, it was this, you know, this earth shattering thing in, in its simplicity and its beauty. Um, but I, I also needed to process it the way that I needed to process it, which was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, pulled me back into writing. And it was at the same time that like blogs really were becoming huge and, you know, some of that stuff. So I I found like a community, you know, a, a a writing online writing community. And, and that really helped me there and, um, you know, and and had some success writing and it's certainly something I still really love to do. But Mm -hmm. even as I was having that success, you know, kind of the, that like goal of a writer of like, great, well, I'm going to seclude myself in a cabin and, you know, write the next American novel. Like even in my heart, I knew like that wasn't really, um, that's not what I long for. Although, Mm -hmm. you know, give me some alone time, but it's that connection piece between people. Like, you know, my, my thrill of it was I put something out there into the ether and someone responded back me too. So that, right. that concept of me too, of not being alone and the element of just humanity, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't often get to share, like, I wouldn't tell you about it in the grocery store, right. but I'm going to tell a complete stranger through writing, um, you know, where I'm at kind of in my person. And so, um, so that kind of wiggled in me. And then I did, um, an amazing live performance in their, in their final year. And it was this again, this beautiful, inspiring person, um, who created, listen to your mother in, she created it in Madison. And then within like, you know, three years, it took off all over the country in like 43 different cities around the country. It was amazing, but, um, called listen to your mother. And it was live recording or live readings of 
motherhood and all of the different variants, you know, variants mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, and, and listening to that was my first experience of something that I knew to be true in high school. I was a theater nut and, you know, loved all of the, that live performance aspect of mm-hmm. it. And kind of on that stage, it was that, yeah, there's something really magical that happens sharing that writing piece and that live performance piece. And mm-hmm. so I think that was kind of, to me, when the concept was, wiggled in, you know, that mm. there is something here of that I want to, I want to create. Um, and then, but then more than just, and, and it's certainly something that listen to your mother created for many people, but, you know, again, that community aspect, it's still something that I, I feel is missing in our communities at large. And when I started writing, people would come up to me of, you know, well, if I was a writer, this is the story I would tell. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that concept of that they, they needed to earn the right to tell their story, you know? And that was always to me, I'm like, dude, like I, I don't have anything special that was given to me that allows me to tell that. And, you know, then, then the ability that I just do it, you know? Um, so, so I, and don't you think two things come into play there though? There's the, first of all, the, I don't have the credentials to be a writer, but also, like I get this mixed emo, this mixed feedback. Um, I had a blog myself for a while about random yeah. acquaintances and it was just fun to tell the stories of meeting strangers. And, um, there was this, like, I'd get feedback from some people saying, Oh, people who write blogs, they just want to like yammer on about themselves. And like, there was this like part of me that felt like I was being arrogant by telling my stories. Yes. Okay. But but that communication that you talk about, that connection with people where somebody reads it and goes, whoa, this story made me see something different or makes me want right. to smile more or makes me whatever it is, or um, wow, I could totally feel you. You know what I mean? Those kind of things. Absolutely. Like the internet with all of its good and bad that, that, it, that it has for us, <laughs> that method, like the fact that I can connect with people around the entire globe and realize that we feel similar similar is just so reassuring about humanity absolutely you know absolutely no absolutely and that's you know and then um all this while while all of this is going on um i was doing my schooling in psychology mm-hmm. and um you know and therapy practices and all of that and um you know it, it lined up right at the right time where most of my masters i spent understanding the connection of stories and, um, how our brains work and how we interact and why they're so important. And so I got to spend a lot of, a lot of my masters, um, with that focus, which I I think really took that like intuitive part of me that goes, I know these are important and put science behind it where I felt like, no, this is, we are made to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And, and that's that part of it that I don't think people, I certainly didn't until I started studying it really understood the the basic need for humans to tell and engage in storytelling and um and that became kind of something where I was like no this this needs to be created and we need to you know and and the 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 communities that were out there for writers did feel a little stifling in that you know it, the bigger the publication behind your name, you know, gave you more room on the floor. And I've just, I've never, I've always been a little bit of, 
a rebel in that cause mm-hmm. of, I, I just, I'm not really concerned with what's behind your name. I'm concerned with, you know, what you got, what you're going to show up with that kind of a thing. And so, um, so yeah, it was kind of this wiggling way of, I knew this needed to exist. And, you know, even for that first live event, I'll have to tell you, you know, I even did it in, in a smaller space than I had available to me. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be me and my mom. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure it's just going to be the two of us. Um, but I could not believe when, you know, 70 people came out <gasps> oh to see gosh. something that I, you know, like that has never existed in our, our community. There are definitely models out there that I knew worked, you know, like in theory, I knew this worked. Um, and then, and then the next one I had, it was over Memorial day weekend and we had like 75. So we grew, you know, so, and then in June we did it outside around a campfire. Cause I think there's something incredible magic and we had, you know, over a hundred people there and, you know, like, so every one of these that the fact is it, it's growing and the people there are just that you would never, ever, ever. I always say this, if I put a lineup up and be like, okay, choose the people that are going to come to your event. I would never guess who shows up. And I think that is such a phenomenal thing um, in any community, because I really think that that's the tie to all of this um, that makes it unique. But is that's my driving force of it is how do we make, how do we feel more connected to one another? And for me, the the conduit is stories. And that, yeah. you know, we learn how we're universally striving for some of the same things, mm-hmm. even in completely different ways. <laughs> and, and, well, different and, it, choices. It, and it builds compassion, right? So it like, does. you know, when you're, I mean, first of all, if I haven't said it enough already, I absolutely love what you're, what you've created. Like, I just want to see this go viral and everybody's creating these in their communities because what, what, when we're at the grocery store in line, right. Or we're at the post office or we're um, at the gas station or in the library or wherever places where we um, bump into or the the people in our community, we don't know their stories unless we have some sort of personal relationship with them. But if I go see uh, that man that I'm behind the line in grocery store telling a five minute story at yes. our um, story catcher live. And then yep. I see him in the grocery store. I have a whole different kind of compassion for him you that do. I may not have had before. And I might even say hello. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. um, like I was telling you, uh, we were going to be doing this recording like two hours earlier than we are because I walked into this little coffee shop out here in California in like a block long town. And there were like six people in there and then even more gathering. And they were all like um, connecting as a community. And they do this, I think, every day, which is so cool. But um, but the amount of stories I heard in that, um, you know, hour that I had to stay there and listen because it was just too good to walk away from. It's like that is what we need to keep creating. And, And that happened organically because it's what they do. But if I had just been, if I hadn't stopped and like said, I need to stay here and watch this, I would have missed Missed all these stories. And now when I bump into them in these other little towns, I'll be like, oh yeah, you, you did this thing. That was so cool. Exactly. And and I'm carrying part of them with me. I always feel like that's part of it too. When we hear people's stories, we are part of the energy carrying their stories. Absolutely. And fundamentally, I mean, and again, I'm, super story geek, so I won't bore you <laughs> with all of it, but um, down to what happens in our brains when we hear stories. Um, you know, this it's the same triggers that when we listen to stories than when we live it. Oh. So I think that's a really powerful thing is 
that is how we genuinely expand our brain and our life experience mm-hmm. is through listening and our brains you know, are trying so desperately to connect like that. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, when we don't connect that way, um, that's where a lot of that disconnect and loneliness can set Mm -hmm. in, um, because we weren't meant to just have our own life to pull off of. We, we were meant to learn from, Mm -hmm. you know, as just as a species, even it's a really amazing, to expand, um, right. Exactly. Well, even, and I mean, we can read books, right? Like, so there's a, uh, like, you know, we can live our life and we can live a thousand lives through reading books, but the difference is when we have the conversation and we hear the story firsthand, we have more of an emotional attachment to it, I think. And like, I was thinking about this the other day, um, as I look at my own life and some of the changes I'm going through, like one of the things that I just really want is someone to tell my stories to, you know, someone that wants to hear my crazy coffee morning story and someone, and, and, and that's something we, and that's not just me that I'm like some, you know, weak, weak person (laughs) and can't like live by, it's part of being human. And, and so it's really interesting to see as we go through life and our lives evolve and change, like what, where we feel um, something is missing is not always where we would think. And that's really such a huge part of being a human is being able to share. And like when I listen to someone's story, when I randomly run into someone and they tell me their story, like you can see what it means to them to share it. And so you yes. must get that like a thousand fold. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, the feeling, you know, cause again, I've, uh, I did, you know, live theater for many years. And, um, my brother is, a um, very successful musician. So it's something that I pick up off of his performances too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when people leave something like story, like a storytelling event, it, it's a really unique, um, and super powerful feeling, um, that's happening as you, you know, you come in strangers and you leave, as friends, you know, mm-hmm. like it's Connected. genuinely that yeah. feeling. Cause you're just like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what that was like. Um, but now I do, you know, like mm-hmm. now I have a sliver of something in my pocket that I didn't have, you know, like before I walked in and it, it truly is this palpable, um, that's what people will understand. They'll be like, well, I don't want to get up and tell a story. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 still come mm-hmm. because you're still. And, and then for the people who are telling, this is what I tell them. You know, everyone is nervous, of course, when they are going to get, I just said, just wait, just wait and see how it feels to have a hundred people breathlessly listening mm-hmm. to you. Like it's a that's little scary that, though. It, it is. But once it starts happening, you understand that they're with you. They're rooting for you. You know, I said, right. no matter, no matter if you stumble, you know, one guy at the, the last event, you know, he had it all written down and one of his pages fell and, you know, it took him a little bit of time, right. To pick him up and put him back in order. And, and I was, you know, I'm trying to read everybody and everyone's just waiting. They're Uh just, they're like, it's okay. Just pick up your page. You know, (laughs) like it's, it's a really, it's something that I don't, I haven't experienced in a lot of other realms where you, you know, you're like, and, and so often, you know, like if that happened in a musical performance, say, you know, someone mm-hmm. would be able to fill in like, oh, well, I'll just play this guitar solo while you, <laughs> you know, like find your spot. Get your music back, right? Yeah. But, but even into the fact that there's nothing, it's silent, you know, like it's that, but it's this, it's a different kind of silence. I'm sure for him, he was like, you know, what was 30 seconds felt like a minute, but right. you know, for everybody else, it, it's that, you know 
we're, we're waiting for you. If, if your friend takes a sip of water, you're not, you're not, you know, worried about that in a conversation. And it's, you know, it's creating that kind of conversation feel instead of a, a presentation or a performance, mm-hmm. for instance, you know. And it's, it's not a, it's not expected to be a professional experience. Exactly. It's expected to be a, a compassionate human experience. Absolutely. You know? So that's amazing. Now, what is like, so we've talked about the live performances and yep. the uh, pop-up booths. Are there other yep. ways that people are telling their stories through story catchers? Definitely. Um, you know, we have um, some workshops that are you know, more, you know, that's more on a personal level of mm-hmm. people, you know, people might even already know what story they want, but you know, like, Hey, how do I, you know, what's the vehicle? How do I tell this? How, how do I enhance it? So those are, you know, those are more of your, you know, manipulating the stories that you already have Mm -hmm. or you're drawn to tell them just in general and um you want to meet with people that are neurotic about that (laughs) as you are and you know again it's more honestly more of our writing time like circle time where you know we have a topic but it it really circles back around like oh my god you do that too like oh thank god (laughs) right (laughs) I thought I was the only one that did that like you know like even if it's just procrastinate doing something that you love more than anything Mm -hmm. you know like it's just Um, so, you know, we do the, you know, those kind of workshops and it's been really fun too. Um, you know, some brave souls have invited me in, um, to do it. I I've done it even in corporate settings of, um, having some people, I, you know, I worked with, um, the leaders of the girl scouts in our area and, um, even helping them to know what their stories are and how do we, you know, how do we engage community, um, and I think a more authentic way instead of selling something, how, you know, like how do we celebrate what is genuinely happening mm-hmm. with our organization and with them and, you know, and even into schools, which has been, honestly, that has been, you know, hands down kids are the best with that kind of stuff of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I went in to do this and, you know, we, I had them write something and then, so it was a class of 30 kids and, um, and I just said, okay, you know, who wants to share? And no hands went up. <laughs> so these are sixth graders, so they're right at that edge, right? right. You know, like they realize like there's something on the line here. So I had them <laughs> all scramble up all of their writings, right? And uh-huh. then um, I put comment cards around them and had their class walk around the room uh-huh. and write comments about their pieces. Um, and so we did that for a good long time, and then had everyone come back and read what all of their classmates had said about their piece, Uh um, you know, and let them reflect on that and some of that stuff. And then I asked, um, you know, like, does anyone want to share? And 27 out of those 30 hands went up. Wow. Um, with learning to, to appreciate your work, you know, that they had people, they didn't know that people would see that in what they wrote. Right. You know, so it that, created some safety. For exactly. Them. Right. Exactly. You know, that, that safety and that, and it, that, that has value, mm-hmm. you know, that what you thought was, and, and that's one of the, the biggest points that I, I make when people are not sure how to tell their stories. Cause so many people will be like, well, this is just so unique to me. And I said, until you share it and you mm-hmm. find out it's, it's not unique to you, you know, it's, you know, the circumstance might be unique to you, but that feeling that underneath thing that's driving, you know, whether it's yearning or whether it's 
you know, whatever it is, is that's not, that's not unique to you and people will be able to embrace you for that or, you know, or be closer to you or encourage you even, Mm -hmm. you know, well, there's a vulnerability in sharing our there stories. Is. I mean, there's, Absolutely. it's, it's really fun to share the success stories, but the stories that people, and they're, they're good to share as well. So I'm not um, saying that's not a yeah. great thing, but there's a vulnerability in sharing our struggles or our, um, the things that we are maybe not as proud of, or the moments that we've tripped up and fall, fallen and all of that. But what I've learned through sharing a lot of those same stories myself over the last couple of years is that um, that happens to everybody. everybody. <laughs> people everybody. like I, I used to like try to hide those stories because I didn't want people to realize how many times I screwed up or how many times I fell or how many times I had to pick myself back up or, oh, yeah. or whatever, for whatever thing it was or whatever, like the things that were, str- I was really, um, having to like fight against in my life, you know, like work against my, in my own mind. It wasn't like, you know, I'm really lucky. I have a pretty pretty nice life with a lot of good people in it that are very supportive, but it was more what was in my own head that I was having to like deal with. And, um, the beauty of, uh, opening up and telling those vulnerable stories is that all of a sudden you start to get, uh, affirmations that yes, everybody else has that. Everybody does that. Yeah. 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 It's affirming. It is. Yeah, it is. And, And that is the scariest part. I mean, that's genuinely, that's the biggest hurdle of all of this, Mm -hmm. um, is that, um, you know, and and really why I haven't, um, even tried to polish it anymore, because Mm -hmm. I believe that, um, you know, I, I use my mom as a gauge. Um, she is someone that, you know, loves this stuff too, but she would just be like the last, she sees herself as the last person that would be, you know, like, the one to get up and share Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. And, um, I always ask her at the end of the night, do you feel more like you could do it? Mm -hmm. And, and that's my measuring stick Mm -hmm. of, you know, like of that, oh yeah, if that lady can get up and tell a story and it's not polished, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's beautifully human. (laughs) Like that's how I explain it. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be, you know, this isn't, this isn't your public speaking. This isn't forensics. This isn't Mm -hmm. debate class. This is experience sharing, you know? Right. Um, and, and as long as that, that still feels fundamentally underneath it, I, I think we're still on the right track. That's a really good measure. We don't all have those like really right. close people we can ask that, you know, one of the things I was wondering, uh, this just kind of popped in my head. So it's yeah. a random question, but, um, <laughs> I it. wonder if you see this in your experience with the live, um, the live storytelling is that, what I've learned on my own is that sometimes I've carried a story a certain way in my head for many, many mm-hmm. years. Like, this is my story. This is this is what mm-hmm. happened. This is how it went. And then when I uh, make the leap of telling that story to somebody maybe who's, you know, a few layers removed from the real story and get their feedback on it, like, it makes me real. I, I suddenly have this realization that, wow, I've carried that story as like, though it was really bad, but really it was there was some really good pieces in it, or I've carried that story as if it was all my fault. And maybe it was a collection of faults, or maybe it was no fault at all. It was just life. Yeah, you know, so do you do you find that when you're that the people have had that experience that maybe a story they held so, um, so fragilely within them, 
once they told it, they were able to have a new perspective even themselves? Absolutely. I mean, and that is one of the the really important parts of telling stories and, and why it's so powerful is, you know, even down to any time a story is told more than once, it, it lives in this mythical state, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it starts to change genuinely in our minds. And, um, and, and to have kind of that power over it, as opposed to it's something that's happened to you. Um, when you start to tell that story, it even shifts within us, um, as something, you know, where maybe even a situation where you felt really powerless mm-hmm. by telling that story, you have shifted the power to at least being equal because mm-hmm. now you're able to speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, and there really is that valuable part. I mean, genuinely, um, you know, down to, you know, we've had, we have had stories of, you know, suicide and drug addiction and, you know, like some, some really, you know, people dealing with some serious things, Mm -hmm. um, and, and them being able to free themselves a little bit of the, you know, not to say obviously that it takes away that experience Mm -hmm. from them, but it it allows them to live outside of it a little Mm -hmm. bit and maybe even reframe it, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I think in, in telling a story, there's an aspect of, right, that we've come out the other side in one way or the other of many stories, you know, because mm-hmm. stories naturally have that arc of, you know, main character, oh, there's some conflict, and then the resolution piece. So typically, by the time we're ready to tell a story, that resolution has happened, whether we've realized it or not. And then, you know, of course, that evolves. And that revolution, you know, resolution of that story might continue to change. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is a really powerful thing to watch happen for people. It's like a healing experience. It is. The people hearing the stories are, you know, getting, are gaining compassion and maybe even healing some of their own similar stories. And then the people telling it are, um, releasing some of the burden and getting healing through the telling. I mean, there's just nothing like putting a story to air, getting it out of, out in words, you know? And, and, and so many times the other, you know, then the other extreme happens where so many people will be like, well, I don't, nothing like that happened to me in my life. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Those, those, those big things. Um, but even having the, the ability to share those, those little things I think are the, um, you know, a, a friend of mine will get up and she'll, she always gets embarrassed because I use this as a perfect <laughs> example of like everyday things that happen, you know, where she has this completely funny line in one of her pieces that she shared of like, you know, she's trying to make this big life decision. And she was like, I can't even trust myself to walk in a parking lot when it's rained and not slip on those yellow lines. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, like, oh my God. Yes. Like, how many of us have like, shoot, did anyone see that? Like, she's like, you know, and that's that stuff where she's like, Oh, I was going to cut that line. I'm like, no, that's what makes it, you know, because that is what it's like in your head. That is what you like. You literally gauge yourself against stupid stuff like that. Like I can't open a bag of chips without spilling them on the floor. Like I can't make these decisions, you know, like, and, and, and so in sharing those really minute you know, like that's not a life or death story, if you will, you know, but that's a truly what it is to be human story. And I think that those are, those are the ones where, you know, people don't give enough credit, um, within themselves of, of the power of being totally normal, 
too, you know, like, or just a normal day has within it. Well, I would even say like a normal minute and a half, because like, first of all, I love that story. And just a while back, this is so funny that you said it that way. um, Because a while back, I was having a lot of things going on. And my head was going like, in a conversation was going like 14 different places. And for fun, I wrote it down and sent it to my friend I was talking to. I'm like, this is what happened in that minute and a half that we were talking. Like, I thought this, and then I thought this, and then I thought this. Yes. And And he was like... I think that was the most profound piece of writing I've ever seen you do. And I'm like, yeah. that is in my head all the time. All the time. And then, is, and then like husband. the real, the, the reality though, is that I think it's that way for everybody, everybody. <laughs> but I think it's only me that my head has some sort of malfunction, you know, yes. but I think most people have a lot of that. Like I can't even trust myself to walk across the parking lot, the parking lot. on a rainy day and slip on the yellow lines. Like, exactly. Oh, I love that. Oh. You know, like, and just even those, like, you know, and again, we're maybe you can handle a parking lot and never fall. Like if right. that's you, fine. You're like, you're, you're right. a better person than me. But, you know, but we all have those like really ridiculous ways that we mm-hmm. measure ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like where when we say it out loud, <laughs> you're like, Oh my Lord. Like I cannot believe, you know, like genuinely I'll do that even with writing in my journal. Like when we talked about the two different types, you know, I'll be like, do I really want to put that down? Like, what if, like, you know, what if my ancestors 40 years from now, like open these and I'm like, Tara, you're not Anne Frank. Like nobody cares what is written in here. Like just write it down how it happened. Like stop being worried about it, you know, like, but again, for those of us that live in our brains (laughs) all the time, like that. That's a fight I have to have like oh, me on too. a daily basis. That is pretty much exactly why I don't have journals because exactly. I'm afraid yep. I, w- I have this fear of people actually seeing what's going on in there. Yep. But now that I have that confirmation that it was my most profound piece of writing ever. Yeah, you're like, I guess done. I'm like okay, we're going to do that. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, I want to shift this, the direction a little bit and we're going to come back again at the end about story yep. catchers because I have some specific like what's next questions. But yep. I wanted to get, be sure that we capture um the, the one question I love to ask, which is what's something new outside of story catchers, outside of your kids, outside of like, you know, your normal, where you focus a lot of your attention every day, something new that's sort of like catching your attention. You're going like, hmm, I want to know more about that. And it can be literally anything. It can be like, I want to learn how to make sushi or it can be, you know, anything, but just something that you feel like is tapping you on the shoulder or kind of catching your, like your peripheral vision right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting you'd say that because it's also something where again, don't judge me or totally judge me. <laughs> what whatever. Um, but it's something that I've I've known that I probably should know more about or that kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I've been really resistant in myself to know about it. That's, mm, this is getting juicier by the minute. Right? Keep going. And it's totally, <laughs> no, it's totally not. It's kind of anticlimactic, but um, it's, <laughs> you, it's like, sorry. <laughs> um, but it's the whole, even um, a, a yoga practice and, or, you know, like just kind of learning all of that. I have, I have good friends that are, you know, really involved in yoga or, you know, teachers and some of that. And for whatever reason, I have justified not investigating it for myself in a myriad of ways that genuinely make me go like Tara, if you found that many reasons not to like, 
even just do it for a day, then there's probably a reason you should be doing it. (laughs) I totally get that. I absolutely get that. Oh, very cool. So how are you going to do it? Let's hear it. What's the plan? No, I I think it's going to be slow and steady. Um, I'm going to just uh, start to explore some of the practices and probably ask some of my friends that, Mm -hmm. um, that are doing it, you know, and, and go and try it out with people that I can go like, I don't think my leg can do that. And, <laughs> and start with a good safety net of people that, you know, are, are, um, are there. But again, I think it's, it's all tied together of, you know, being present and, you know, all of those things, but it's something that I just think it's interesting that I've, I've known all those things to be true, but have never set aside time. Oh, I to, get that. To yeah. You know, and totally I'm like, okay, fair enough, Tara. Like, I see you there. I see what you're doing. I see you oh, avoiding it. <laughs> I love when we watch ourselves and we go, yeah, I see. I'm, I know exactly what you're up to. Yeah. And yeah. the thing about yoga is, um, I don't have a solid yoga, yoga practice by any means, but I'm yeah. constantly, it's constantly tapping me on the shoulders for probably yeah. like years. And so I'll, I'll go to a yoga class and I'll be like, oh, this one I can do. I didn't like break in half. This I can do. Right. And then I'll go for a little bit. Then I'll, I'll I'll get distracted. And then I'll go to a different place. And, oh, that one was way too hard. Like that was super embarrassing. I never want to go there again. Yeah. And then um, then more people, then I'll be like, okay, yoga really isn't me. But I, I like I want to do it. Like there's a part inside of me that wants it. So that's why I did take this Kundalini yoga class. And actually, if you go back and listen to um, episode one with Christine, the singer, she talks really big about Kundalini yoga at the end. And I find it like it was super inspiring. But um, I know that that there's so many resources like the even the teacher here mentioned this Gaia TV, G-A-I-A, I think it is TV, okay. which you can subscribe to and get like really, really great yoga classes on there. So I think it's funny how there's things that I want to do that there are so many ways to do it, yet I to find ways not exactly. to. Exactly. So I mean, let's be honest, I'll probably start with YouTube and, right. and work my way up <laughs> until I'm sure that I won't like die with my friends and then I'll do it that way. But you know, baby steps, we're gonna Right. Well, well, there was I did try a class that was supposed to be like for, you know, super beginners. And I got in there and um, it was awesome because there were like these lovely 70 plus year old people in there on oh, chairs doing yoga. Fantastic. And I'm just like, I was like honored. See, to that's be my present. class. But that's my class. I'm like, okay, maybe I went way a little the other way. <laughs> no, I can, that's I totally my jam. On, I can get on the floor. I can do that. So, uh, but it is. And, and the people who I like, I've been lucky enough to, to know people who have began their practice over the last couple of years. So I knew them before they had one. Right. And seeing the transformation and they're like, Jane, it's not about your body. Yoga is exactly. about your spirit. That's yes. what it's about. Go do it. Stop being, you know, a wuss. Yeah. So, yeah. So today I did it. I'm going back again tomorrow okay. and then having See? friends, having coffee with my new friends in the morning. <laughs> exactly. See, awesome. you just run into awesome people doing it. See? I know. Another it's it's a universal wink, right? Like you <laughs> yes. did it. I'll give you a prize. <laughs> so. Um, before we wrap, I wanted to ask you, like, what's next with dream, with our dream catchers, with um, well, story okay. catchers? What's next? Um, you know, I, I think we're going to keep, keep going, um, kind of on this trajectory and path. Um, we, I've, I've got some really cool partnerships that are starting to bud, mm-hmm. um, you know, that aren't fully there yet where, you know, people were, we're getting together and we go, in fact, one of mine is my friend who does yoga. Um, you know, just like, how, you know, she's like, I feel like we need to do some of this together and I'm not really sure, you know, 
how it fits. And that's my favorite thing. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, um, even on Monday, we're going to be doing um, in partnership with our public library that is here in town, um, storytelling with our refugee and immigrant community. And I think, mm. um, yeah, and, and so I went to the, they have this amazing new, new, new program um, called Rise There For It. Um, and, you know, I went just to just to kind of see how the program was, you know, before I came in and, you know, and, and just this really beautiful place of, you know, here's a bunch of people that, you know, don't even speak um, the language and, you know, trying to navigate in mm-hmm. this place. And, um, and, and so it's going to be our first time doing storytelling, um, even with interpreters and, you know, like some of that stuff. So I, I really feel like, you know, these are the ways that I, 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 I want to, pull story catchers even further again is to create that community binding element of it of you know of how can we help and empower and learn about each other in different ways and 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 so to grow it um kind of some of those ways too of you know going into nursing homes even and capturing Mm -hmm. family stories and you know like some of that stuff so while I definitely want to continue doing the live events and, and, um, and the workshops and, you know, and, and some of that and the recordings that we're doing, I, I think that's how I, I see it in the near future, you know, expanding out its fingers a little bit into making sure that we're really tapping into voices that mm. um, might not be heard otherwise. You know, it's, it's just magical what you're doing. I, I mean, I, I like love every aspect of it, the way that you're bringing the community together and the way that you are touching so many, such a diverse, um, cross section of the community and and giving so many different ways for people to participate. Now, um, two other questions related to what you're doing next. So do you, do you capture any of these stories uh, like audibly? And then uh, like, is there a place people can go hear stories? Yeah. Um, you know, we've, I've got a couple things in the works with that a little bit. So it's a little bit in a limbo period. Um, I, I do capture the stories. Um, typically for the live events, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that I can release some of the stories. Um, so that's, it's kind of that twofold of whether people want their stories released or not. Um, and, but I have a couple of them on my website, um, the story catchers community, um, dot com that, and, and there'll be some more up there. Um, and, and that's, and it's a link to a SoundCloud, mm-hmm. you know, page where, where some of the other stories are. Um, I, in, and again, right now it's, as a little bit of a, just a smattering of some of them just to get people to kind of go, well, you know, what do you, what could I expect if I, you know, mm-hmm. came, came to them? Um, but we definitely capture and, you know, there, there are some maybe things in the work to share them, you know, even some radio programs and, mm-hmm. and some of that so that we can really start, you know, honoring those stories too. I mean, my brain is in like hyperdrive right now <laughs> in all the ways that I could see this going out. Cause I, I think about how I would love to, um, model something that like what you've created yeah. and, and get something started like that in my small community, yeah. because I think it could make such a difference. Our community is really, um, it used to be booming. There were so many things happening there and it's just like, 
become almost like a ghost town. Yes. And I think this is one way we could bring people back together. So I would love to work with you outside of Absolutely. this call and go, hey, how can we yeah. kind of get some of this happening? But I also yes. think of, um, uh, I was prepping a podcast to go up with this uh, really lovely woman named Arzu who lives in Germany. Okay. And I could totally see her doing something like that there. Yes. So, yes, absolutely. So, um, do you, so are you looking at ways to like package this so people could begin their own or, you know, begin a satellite story catcher, uh, uh, you know, communities throughout the world? Absolutely. I mean, and, and again, um, it's been, it's kind of been a whirlwind uh, again, or almost in the fact where I'm like, Oh my goodness, people love it. Like uh-huh. crap. Now people love it. <laughs> you know, I've got to, you know, you know, like I was pretty sure it was just me and my mom remember. Like, so it was, you know, like this, um, concept, oh, that's, that's when it's good. That's when it's yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely kind of this next step. Um, so story catchers itself, I, I started the, a, a nonprofit for it. So again, so uh, it's really important for me that it lives outside of just me, you know, mm-hmm. like that's when people are like, Oh, you know, this thing you're doing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not me up there. This is, this is all of us. Like, you know, oh. like there's a, this is, you know, there's, there's, there is no story catchers without the stories. Um, my job is just to sit and, you know, laugh giddily in the corner at all mm-hmm. the beauty that comes my way, you know, oh. like, and I, I get the job of, you know, trying to capture that. Um, so, so definitely with the nonprofit, um, package, I think that it's, it's definitely something that we're going to really work for towards and um, always looking for people to partner with um, to get it there. Well, I think that um, I owe, I owe Missy like a gigantic thank you for putting us together (laughs) because it has been like magic hearing what you're doing. And I, I like, like I, it's probably something that was a dream to even hear existed. So the fact that it exists and that you created it and you listen to it is just such like an amazing thing to be part of. And I would love to, um, have our listeners either if they wish to partner with you or um, be part of something that you're doing, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? Genuinely, you know, email is probably okay. <laughs> the I'll, easiest way in okay. this day and age. Okay. Um, I'll put all that up on the show notes absolutely. for them. So email is best. And then I'll put your website link out yeah, there. Website and, okay. you know, Facebook land, you know, all those good, good ways. And, um, but definitely it's, it's, it's getting to the size now where it's starting to, you know, again, and what you want, it, it needs to be bigger than me, but it's, it's that, okay, how do we get, you know, get there? So, um, all of those, those opportunities are definitely out there that I want to explore. All right. Well, listeners, I know that, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you are storytellers yourself. So hopefully you will support Tara and what she's doing and give her a shout out, because I think that, this I can totally already see this being like a worldwide thing, you know, in so many ways. So awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today. This thank you so for much having fun. me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be in touch again, especially because I'm sure we'll be telling some more stories together at some yeah. point here. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, have a great day, well, thanks Tara. Thanks so much. Thank yeah, you. you too. All right. Bye. Yep, bye. I told you it was going to be good. I'm still reeling from that conversation because I can't get over all of the amazing things that she did with this inspiring idea. I'm looking for someone in my own community to begin a chapter of Story Catchers and recreate that template in another community to start building that network around the world. 
The other thing, if you go back and check the show notes on this episode, she had a follow-up story of the work she did with refugees that is just both heart-wrenching and soul-filling. You have got to go back and read it on the website, glisteningparticles.com, because this, it's bringing us together, people, and that's what it's all about. Thanks for listening, and if you know of anyone in your community or in your life who's doing some amazing things that you'd like me to share with our listeners, please get in touch with me at glisteningparticles.com. Take care.